Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. Everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and since it's Saturday-ish for you guys, it's not Saturday when I'm recording this. I'm like, I wish it was Saturday, but it's Saturday when this airs. 
Hi, Sarah. Hey. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you doing? Doing okay. It's good to be back in the same space. I know. I missed you. I know. I was I was recording uh, Thursday's episode this morning as well, and I, I think I said something like, it's good to be back. And then I'm like, to everybody else, I'm sure it seems like <laughs> I was here all along. Exactly. Like, where'd you go? Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't even that long, but it just feels like, I, I don't know, everything feels a little, a little uh, out of space, out of time. Um, <laughs> that could be like a theme song <laughs> for, for these last few weeks. Out of space, out of time. <laughs> I love it. We've got a ton of questions today. And because it's Saturday, somebody wins every single Saturday. And you can win too. And it's pretty easy to win. All you have to do every Saturday, we give away something that we love, something that we enjoy. And all you have to do to be eligible to win is either leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcast, super, super simple to do, or you can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. If you have not yet gotten your copy of Chasing Cupcakes, it is available in hardcover, it is available in paperback, or if you are somebody who just loves to listen, it is also available on Audible. Um, And you do have to purchase it in order to leave a review. Amazon's really good like that, actually, because they want to make sure that people aren't reviewing products that they've never purchased. Um, But that is one way to win. Or lastly, you can post on Facebook or Instagram an episode of this podcast that you've loved or a lesson that you've learned from it, just make sure to tag Primal Potential on Facebook or at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram, because otherwise we won't see it. And if you do all three of those, then you get three chances to win. And today's winner, who we will announce at the end of the show, you're getting a gift card to Fabletics. I'm very excited about that. Yes. I actually did some Fabletics shopping this morning because um, this baby of mine is starting to be a little bit visible. Yeah. So I was like, I feel like I need some new pants. Yeah. Yeah. And so they I, must be very comfortable too. They are. Well, my my sweet cousin who's also expecting, I was telling her um, that yesterday I was wearing some fitted linen pants uh, in the airport. <laughs> they really weren't comfortable. We oh. were past that. And she said, yoga pants for life. That's right. And I was like, all right, I want to get some that I feel like will be like really cozy for, for at least a good bit of the pregnancy, um, if not all of it. So I got, they have, typically I do leggings, but I just got the ultra high-waisted um, Pure Lux pants from Fabletics. I just ordered them when I got back because I was like, yeah, I think we need some high-waisted stuff going on. Um, so yeah, uh, today's winner is getting a $20 Fabletics gift card. We'll announce that person at the end. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fabletics. And if you are somebody who likes casual comfort, we'll call it that. Because it's not just like, I don't want anybody to think that you can only shop at Fabletics if you work out. I don't know about you. Do you wear workout clothes like on the reg? Just oh, yeah. Around? Yeah, for sure. It's not even, maybe 10 years ago, you would only wear workout clothes if you were working out, but a new day has come and <laughs> you don't ever have to work out to wear workout clothes and they're mighty comfortable. They are. I wear sports bras like 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. If I have to wear a real bra, it's not a happy day. Yeah. Yeah. I'd much prefer. It does. I, I much prefer sports bras. But Fabletics stuff is really cute. Um, most of you guys have heard me say before that Fabletics is actually founded by Kate Hudson, the actress. Um, she is known also for my, my favorite Kate Hudson movie is um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, that but I haven't good. seen a lot of movies. I don't even know if I could name another Kate Hudson movie. Can you? I think there's one called Almost Famous. Almost Famous. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know that I have But either, that is but a movie. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she started Fabletics. Their clothes are super, super, super cute. They're really comfortable. And I don't know if you ask me, best of all, they're very affordable. If you shop through fabletics.com forward slash primal potential, you get two pairs of leggings for $24, which as I've said a million times before, that is such a great deal. And it's not just like, oh, we'll give you our overstock stuff. You pick which ones you want, which is amazing. And even if you're not a leggings person, 
get them for somebody you know because that's a really great gift. Mm-hmm. Like two pairs for 24 bucks. That's so good. I know. So we will announce who is getting today's $20 Fabletics gift card at the end of the show. Make sure you enter to win. We'll also put the ways to win over in the show notes, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 640. We've got a bunch of questions today. On our last Saturday show, we did a little pregnancy update. I will say that the latest very, very short update is that I know the gender and nobody else does except you know, Sarah. I do. And who else knows? Um, obviously, baby daddy knows. Yeah. And his, yes. And his family uh, because we saw them when we were out in Germany. But that's it. Nobody else knows right now. And I don't know. We had plans to do a gender reveal with our families, but then the trip to Germany changed those plans. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do now. I'm kind of just like, eh, whatever. So your mom, sister? My you- sister knows because I was with her when I found out. Okay. I was on my way to the airport and uh, we met up for lunch because it was her birthday. Mm-hmm. And I got the email with the results and I told her then, but no, my mom doesn't know. When I told her I knew, she's like, are you going to tell me? And I was like, no, oh. not right now. So nobody in the family knows except my sister. Um And I don't know when I'm going to tell them. So when I announce it here on the podcast really depends on if and when I can get my family together. If I can't get them together, I'm just going to like send out a text message. Yeah. 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 Because everybody, like the Masters Club members have been, because they knew that uh, I went up to do the test. Um, So they were like, do you know? Do you know? Yeah, I know. Are you going to tell us? Are you going to tell us? Yes. But I just don't know when. So that's exciting and maybe makes it a little more real, but not really. I want to stop shopping. I know. Well, my cousin already did when she found out, like, within 24 hours, she had gender-specific stuff. Honestly, with the renovation and everything, that is, like, the last thing on my mind. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I'm, like, aware, and I've had a couple of thoughts about nursery-ish stuff, but I'm also not really a stuff person, and I'm, I'm fortunately, of all the things I'm not low-key about. This is one that I am kind of low-key about. I don't feel like, even as a first-time mom, I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I gotta get everything. Right. And I think you've mentioned before, too, that you're kind of a neutral color person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely not into gender stereotypes either way. Like, oh, if it's a boy, it has to be blue. And if it's a girl, it needs to be pink and purple. Like, nah. I like grays. I like greens and yellows. I have always liked neutral colors Me too. as I sit here in all blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so we have a ton of questions today. We love diving into your questions, and they're all over the map. We've got a bunch of different topics. So you want to kick us off, Sarah? I do. And the first one is, how did you get out of debt? I love this question. Me too. I loved, I don't know why, because it wasn't always this way, but I love talking about money and I believe we need to have more conversations about it. I grew up in a family where it was, you know, you don't talk about how much you make. You certainly don't talk about how much you spend. You know, you just don't have those conversations. And I was having, I think I was texting back and forth with my mom a while back and I believe it was something about the renovations and how much we were spending on the renovations and just some of my mindset around all of that. And at some point, she, I said something to her like, I'm, I'm only telling you this because I know you don't care one way or another, you know? Like, I could talk to her about those specific numbers of how much, you know, the renovation was and whatnot, and, and I know she's not going to, like, get weird about it. And she reiterated, you know, what Grandpa always said – we don't talk about money. And I said, I think there are some things that that I don't think need to be shared, but when it comes to debt and income, I do believe they should be talked about more because part of what makes it feel so out of reach for a lot of people who are struggling or who are in debt and it feels out of reach to be financially free or it feels out of reach to be out of debt is because a lot of people aren't talking about how they do it. And there is nothing that I have done that can't be done by somebody else. Um, and I think it's very important to talk about because let's look at the areas where people feel the most stuck. 
Money is absolutely one of them. Either stuck in how much they make, stuck in their debt, any of those things, you are not stuck. And no matter how much you make or how much debt you have, there is infinite room for improvement. No matter what your education, your experience, or your age is, you can make more money. And no matter how much debt you have, there is a way out of it. So just to give a little backstory, and um, this is something that I'm going to make a note to myself right now to put in the show notes uh, for today's episode, which again, primalpotential.com forward slash 640. I've talked a lot about this on the show before, um, what getting out of debt talk me about health, about life, about lots of things, Um, how I got out of debt. All of these things have been covered. My financial philosophy, financial affirmations, we've done episodes on all of that. So I will link them up on the show notes for today's episode. But just to give really super quick backstory, I was not always good with money, always responsible with money. When I was a kid, I was definitely more frugal than my sister. I remember she used to want um, Victoria's Secret underwear in like middle school and high school. And I remember being mad, like, what does it matter? Just get the five pack of Hanes from Walmart, you know, like, why would you spend more on that? Um, so I definitely was a little bit more frugal. My mom would give us 20 bucks to run into the store to get milk or something. And if she gave it to my sister, my mom might not get the change. But if she gave it to me, my mom definitely would because I just, I don't know, I took money seriously at a young age, but I was not good with money as a young adult. I remember when I got one of my first, no, my first job out of college, um, I bought new furniture that I did not need because I wanted to impress my mom who was coming to visit. I had perfectly fine furniture, but I went out and put on a credit card, a brand new furniture set for my living room, totally unnecessary. Uh, Bought a car that I couldn't afford, a brand new car, because I don't know, I had just gotten a job and it seems like a lot of money. So fast forward to when I got married, we had a fair amount of debt. It was mostly student loans, but there was also, you know, a car loan in there and then some, you know, little things here and there. I do remember that I was determined to not go into debt for our wedding, but we did put our wedding bands on a credit card because we just had run out of cash at that point. Um, So when I got married, we had like $130,000 in debt. Again, mostly student loans, but um, just random stuff. And I hated that because what it felt like to me was we worked our tails off for this money. And then when we got paid on Friday, it was already spoken for. And we, we couldn't really do anything. We, had, we were working to pay for things we had already bought in the past. And we didn't have any flex to do things we wanted to do now. So the way that I got out of debt at that point was following... Dave Ramsey's um, total money makeover philosophy. And he has seven steps. They're really simple. You can read his book, Total Money Makeover. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, He also has courses that you can go through. And a lot of those courses are taught at a church. In fact, for a very short time, I taught one of them at my church um, when I still lived in North Carolina. So the first step is $1,000 in an emergency fund, which was tough at that point when we were living paycheck to paycheck, but that's, that's what it started with. That way, if you get a flat tire, if a bill comes in that you weren't expecting, if your hot water heater goes, you're not in a financial crisis. You have $1,000 in an emergency fund. And then from there, you tackle your smallest debt first. So I remember our smallest debt being something like $240-ish. It wasn't, it, it definitely wasn't $500. It was something smaller than that. And so I don't remember if we were able to just wipe that one out right away or if it took a few weeks of paychecks to do that. But you just put all the extra money towards that. And we also made some cuts. We stopped going out to eat. We um, set stricter limits on what we were spending on birthday presents and holiday gifts for family members because that can add up, right? I mean, at that point in time, 
my former husband had a couple siblings and, and his mom and his grandparents. And, you know, it seemed like between his family and my family, there was always a birthday. And then when holidays would come, there was all these obligations. And so we really dialed back how much we were spending there. We made some cuts. But fundamentally, we just took every extra penny. And instead of going to the movies, instead of going out to eat, instead of taking a trip, instead of going and doing something that cost money on the weekend, we would take that money and keep putting it towards our smallest debt. And then month after month, you have a little bit more money. So if your smallest debt has a monthly payment of 50 bucks, well, when that's gone, you not only have everything you were putting towards that, but you also now have an extra $50 to put towards the other thing. So then all of that goes towards the next smallest debt. But really, um, what I would recommend is if you want to learn more about this, check out Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. I could talk about that all day. Yeah. You actually got me um, started on listening to his podcast and yeah. read his book and such. Yeah. It's really interesting stuff. And it's so simple. Exactly. That's people just like with food, just like with career, just like with relationships. We get so into the problem and all of the potential ways we could act on it that we overlook just how simple it can be. And he does a really great job of keeping it simple. Agreed. Yeah. All right. The next question is, how do you deal with the overwhelming thought of, I must change everything at one time? You just don't say that anymore because it's not true. At any given moment in time. Well, let me ask you, Sarah, of everything in your life, your friendships, your finances, your business, your work here, your family, how many things are there that you would like to improve? Ballpark. Oh, uh, seven, eight. And is it possible for you to do all of them at once? No. Right. I mean, so that's the fundamental thing. You don't tell yourself that you must change everything at one time. For as long as you continue to perpetuate that belief you're going to be overwhelmed by it. But you are the storyteller, right? So if you are telling yourself, I must change everything at once, I must change everything at once, then you simply stop saying that. What I believe to be true is I can have a lot of priorities, but in any given moment, I'm only focused on one, right? I am working super hard right now on not freaking out about my home renovation situation and being worried about what if this and what if that and what do I do about this and that and the other thing. It doesn't mean that's not a priority for me, but I'm not focused on that right now because right now the only thing I'm focused on is this podcast. I'm really trying to make better food choices when in the last few weeks it's been a lot of crackers and a lot of carbs because I haven't been feeling well but right now I'm focused on this podcast. Now, when I get off and I get something to eat, then I'm focused on making better food choices, but it doesn't happen all at once. You can have many priorities in a day, like Sarah could leave here later and spend time with her family or spend time on her business, but right now she's here. So much of overwhelm comes from the story you tell yourself. And right now, the story is, I must change everything at one time. And an alternative story is, that's not even possible. What am I doing right now? My work is my priority in this moment because I'm podcasting. Later tonight, it's going to be something else. And there's also things I put on the back burner, right? Right now, my fitness, my physical fitness and CrossFit and all of those things is not on the top list of priorities. But it will be at some point. But I'm not trying to juggle that right now because work is a huge priority. My health is a huge priority and nutrition is the priority within that that is biggest for me right now. And my mental health going through this renovation is a huge priority. This to me is less about how many things you want to work on and about the story you tell yourself about it. You can decide, I don't have to change everything at once and shift out of, see, that's very theoretical too, like everything at once or one thing at a time, all theory. Let's get into practicality. What will I change now? What will I change today? What can I improve on where I am right now? 
that's what I have to say about that. I have found that to be a hard practice sometimes. Oh, for sure. But it is a decision, mm-hmm. right? Like either you choose to do that work or you don't. And it's fine to build yourself into a tizzy and freak out. It's just not very productive. Right. And you can snap yourself out of it at any moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we choose to and sometimes we don't. How many freaking meltdown moments did I have before I went to Germany about the about the renovations? And like, well, what if it's not done? What if we do this? And what if this guy doesn't give me my money back? And blah, 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 blah. It's a choice. Right. It's also okay to say, I've done something to move it forward today. And that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The next question is... I have made changes to my diet. I am eating healthy, exercising, and I still can't lose weight. What or where should I start first? I am 47. Should I start with blood work to check my hormones? I don't ever recommend that my clients start with blood work unless there is some big obvious concern, right? Unless they're telling me something like, Um, my heart is racing all the time or my thyroid is visibly enlarged or something like that. But generally speaking, the first point I want to make here is that if your goal is to lose weight, it's not that you can't lose weight. It's that what you're doing right now isn't working for you. So step one is don't tell yourself you can't lose weight, but rather what you're doing right now is not the path to effective weight loss for you right now at this time. Okay? So you can lose weight, number one. Number two Eating healthy is not the same thing as eating for fat loss. At the most basic level, let's say that we all agree, just humor me here, that we all agree that Brussels sprouts and avocado and salmon would fall into eating healthy, right? But you can overeat salmon and you can overeat avocado and you can overeat Brussels sprouts. So a lot of times people will be like, my food choices are good. Great. That doesn't mean that you aren't overfueling your body. There's so many different pieces to this. It doesn't mean that you aren't eating foods to which you are sensitive. It doesn't mean that you aren't pinging your blood sugar too much. So I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who compared to the way she used to eat, the way she eats now is much more healthy, right? She's not having a, you know, caramel macchiato with her breakfast. She's having cranberry juice. That is an improvement for sure, but it's not aligned with her goal of weight loss. And this individual who sent in this question might be doing all whole foods and nothing processed and there's no fruit juices or anything like that, but you can still be overfueling your body. Or you could be underfueling your body. So where I would have somebody start, where I have all my clients start is journaling. Because you want to be very clear on how much you're eating, how it makes you feel. For example, if you're eating something and it's only keeping you satisfied for an hour or two, that's not the right thing for you, right? Unless it's like a random snack of cucumber is never intended to fill you up. But that is where I would have you start. Every single day writing down, not counting calories, not counting macros, but keeping track of what you're eating, how much, and how it makes you feel. One thing that I have my clients add when they're not getting results is rating their hunger on a scale of one to five throughout the day. So you wake up, what's my hunger on a scale of one to five? Five being, I think I'm going to throw up or pass out. One being, I'm good, don't need to eat. Rating that when you wake up right before you eat, after you eat, because a lot of people are just overfueling their body. Maybe they have like a little inkling of hunger and then they turn to food when, you know, the, the reality is that hunger is a signal that your body needs fuel. But if you have a desire of fat loss, you have to be setting your body up to not get that fuel from you, but need to turn to your body's fuel reserves for it. If every single time you get the slightest inkling of hunger, you're getting a snack, you're not putting your body in a situation where it has to turn to your fuel reserves to satisfy you. Um, So that can be a really, really big issue. And that is a practice that I have my clients um, take on if they're not getting results. Then there's factors like stress and sleep. If you are chronically stressed, that can be a factor. Maybe stress reduction is a factor. Um, If you are 
very sleep deprived. That will absolutely impair fat burning. But in 99.9% of cases, even if there is a stress factor and a sleep factor, there's also a food factor. So I would really start very simply with journaling and rating your hunger. Also, I want to add about that. I've done a couple podcasts on fasted versus fed, and I don't mean a 24-hour fast or a five-day fast or intermittent fasting. I, I talk about it in terms of at any given time, you're either in a fasted state or a fed state. And if you are putting yourself in a fed state because you're snacking every few hours or because your meals are really large, you're never allowing your body to really be in that fasted state, at which point it turns to your fuel reserves and therefore you burn fat. Um, This is something we're also going to dive into a lot in the new Nutrition Foundations course, um, which launches at some point this month. So stay tuned for that as well. This person says, I wish I could join the 12 Weeks to Transformation class now, but it's in progress. I would really like to get started now. What would you recommend I do? Do you have any other programs or coaching that I could start? Where I would have you recommend, and this this circles back to the last question, is start journaling. Because what journaling does is it builds this foundational pillar that is so important of awareness. If we are not paying attention to ourselves, to our choices, to how our choices make us feel, then we don't have a lot of opportunity to step in and make a change. So building that awareness muscle, listen to episode 559 of the podcast, get a blank piece of paper, get a blank notebook, start journaling. Um, I just mentioned also the new nutrition course. It's not available now, but it will be by mid-ish August, so mid plus a week, August, um, if we want to call that late August around then. I don't know quite the date. Um, but that that's not so much the mindset piece. So the 12 Weeks to Transformation is not a nutrition course. It's not a weight loss course. It is a change makers series. It is a workshop on creating change in your life. For a lot of people, though, that change they want to make is food or weight related, which is why I'm putting together this nutrition course on kind of the basics. Um, So definitely keep listening to the podcast. Uh, Make sure you're on the VIP email list because that will be going live within the next couple of weeks. So that's something that you could do in the meantime. Registration opens up for our fall session in mid-September, which will be here before we know it because... We're a week into August already. Yeah. I can't believe we're on episode 640. Because it feels like we just did 600. Yes. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So crazy. Um, so yeah, keep your eye out for that. And then um, also make sure you're on the wait list because I just today wrote an email to go to the wait list because I like to kind of give them some insight into what's going on in the 12 Weeks to Transformation and how it works and some of the wins that are being created and what you can do with that now. So one of the other really important things you can do right now is make sure you're on the wait list. I'll link that up in the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 640, or you can always go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. How the heck do I get out of my slump I've been in for all my life? It's just gradually gotten worse and my accountability has declined and my husband is supportive, but he's not a motivator. How do I keep my accountability and motivation up high? Don't rely on your husband. Don't rely on your friends. Don't rely on whatever. Because honestly, one of the most important skills we can build in our lives is learning to motivate ourselves which I think requires that we begin with this base understanding that motivation doesn't last for anybody at any time, for any reason that we always have to be recreating it. I was saying to somebody inside the 12 Weeks to Transformation the other day, I think in reference to they were asking about the difference between stories and resistance. We won't go down that rabbit hole right now. But what I was sharing is that I know I feel best when I work out. And I know I never regret a workout and I never want to go to the gym. Like effectively 99 times out of 100, I don't want to, I am not motivated to put my clothes on and get to the gym. Motivation is something that flows from action. It is not a prerequisite to action. And this is one of the biggest things that people get wrong. They don't take action because they're not motivated. Then they use that as a crutch. I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated. And I get it because I used to do that too. 
But the reality is that motivation flows from what you do. Do it unmotivated. It's okay to work out and not be motivated to. I encourage you to not be motivated to eat well and do it anyway because you will get motivated in response to feeling proud of yourself, in response to making some progress and making something happen. So motivation is something that flows from action. It is not a prerequisite to action. As for accountability, there's so many ways to do this and a lot of it depends on you. I'm not somebody who personally prefers external accountability, right? So I do have a coach, but my coach isn't making sure I'm doing my part every single day. I have an objective in mind, and then I set a reasonable step towards that every single day. So for example, one of the things that I really want to do that matters to me tremendously is to get three months ahead in this podcast before baby comes. Well, I've never been three months ahead in the four plus years that I've been doing this podcast, even though at times I've I've wanted to, I've desired to, but now it's more tangible because there is a specific date in mind. By this particular date, I want to be three months ahead on the podcast. But I don't have anybody in my life saying, how many podcasts did you record today? Are you on track with your plan? I created the plan and how I keep myself accountable is I look at it and I check on it every single day. That does not mean that there won't be days when I don't do the episode that I said that I was going to do for whatever reason. Other things going on, just not being in the mood, being lazy, quite frankly. All of those things will happen. But I've made a commitment that I will check the plan every single day. This is where this fundamental pillar that we focus so much on in the 12 Weeks to Transformation comes into play, and that is awareness. A lot of people who have a goal of weight loss are not regularly taking pictures, are not regularly taking their measurements or checking their weight. If they're not doing the work, they're just avoiding it. And one of the most important factors for accountability is facing it. If you want to get out of debt, what I have for myself is I have a financial statement that I do every single month. My, my bookkeeper and my accountant do one for the business, but I do one personally every single month. And it is my assets and my income for every single month. And I do that every single month. So I'm always looking at, I don't have debt, so I don't have that. I mean, I have a mortgage, but um, aside from that, I don't have debt. So I look at my my assets and my income every single month. I'm facing it. I'm not just like, oh, I want to earn more money. So a huge piece of accountability is, are you looking at the reality of your circumstances for whatever that goal is? If I want to get X many number of people on an email list by a certain time, am I looking at that number every single day? I actually um, have a a tool on my computer, it's called list goal. So for example, if I want to have this many people on the wait list by this date, every single time I open a new tab in my web browser, that number pops up. Now, you can do that for any single goal that you have. I want to have $10,000 less debt by the end of this year. Okay, every single week or every single day, are you looking at that thing? And then there are some people who really do value and do well with external accountability. So create that for yourself. Whether it's a friend or it's a coach that you hire, be transparent about what you want and then be committed to following up on them. But I think that, or following up with them, but I do think that the biggest piece of this is keeping in mind that motivation is created and it flows from action. It is not a prerequisite to action. I feel like I went on about that for a while. I love that reminder. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. We had to take a little podcast break because a chicken walked in. I'm, I'm so glad you did because I just saw flapping wings outside the window and I was very distracted. We have a lot of windows and doors in here. Like we have a lot of visibility to the outside and the boyfriend is home today. And, um, he, I, I could see Sarah looking at something and kind of smiling, but honestly around here, like there's always something to look at. There's always something weird happening. Um, and the boyfriend had got one of the chickens out of the coop and typically they like run away. They're not, it's not easy to grab them and catch them, you know, cause you were caring for the chickens while we were in Germany. Um, 
but he got our our one blonde bird we call her Marge and he's standing at the door he knew we were recording but we had to pause to let him bring Marge in it's worth it yeah all right, we got another question. Yes, this is a little bit of a story with a question. Uh, she says, I struggle a lot with staying inside my head in terms of things of the past and how I've been spoken to. Basically holding on to things people I've cared about have said about me or to me. For example, I'm a formal, former athlete. I currently teach high school wellness and I coach high school volleyball. I constantly think about how my basketball coach used to tell me the only race I'd win would be the one from the couch to the fridge. And also my own mother's words of, they'll have to roll you up and down the court if you eat that. And she runs too long in one spot. <laughs> I love that one, actually. Like, I get it, but that's kind of funny. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure um, why. For me, because I'm like, I'm, I, I could, somebody could say that about me. I'm yeah. not a good runner. <laughs> I'm not sure why I hang on to that. But every time I start to binge, I think about it. But it doesn't stop me from binging. So I can relate to this so much. And, and if you've read Chasing Cupcakes, I talk a lot about um, my childhood and uh, my mom's influence on my weight and my eating habits. And, um, you know, I grew up in, in a household where my weight was a real problem. And my sister was not overweight. My sister was an amazing athlete. I I was the one, which is why I think like that really makes me smile. And I hear that it hurts and I've had a lot of those hurtful things. So I'm definitely um, laughing from a place of seeing somebody able to say that to me. I My mom had me run cross country in middle school because she thought the exercise would be good for my weight. Well, my sister also ran cross country, and for her four years of middle school, she came in first every single race. Like, she's tall. She's got super long legs. She runs like a gazelle. And as I write in Chasing Cupcakes, I was more like a dump truck with four flat tires. And I came in last every single time, except one race where I got lost, cut off two-thirds of the race, and still didn't even come in first, <laughs> doing two-thirds less than everybody else. Um... So I get it, but here's the most important thing. You are in control of where your attention rests. I remember when I separated from my former husband, I would replay conversations that we had on the loop. Things that I said, things that he said, things that we talked about, you know, things that hurt me from my end and from his, and I would play it over and over and over again. But here's the thing. The first time it happens, somebody hurt you. The second time, the third time, the 455th time that you run it through your head, you're choosing to hurt yourself. So I think remembering that just like I can sit here and replay a bad moment, like you are replaying these hurtful moments, we can also choose not to. And the practice is redirecting your attention to something else, right? I've shared before on the podcast how I was in a meeting at my last job before I started Primal Potential years ago, and I said something really dumb. I said something inappropriate. I was frustrated with a work situation. I didn't like the person that I was that I was communicating with. And I said something dumb that to this day, when I think about it, it makes me cringe. Like, oh, God, I oh, what in the world was I thinking? Um but I also know that when my attention goes there, I'm in control of whether or not it stays there, right? So that might spontaneously pop into my mind every once in a while, but I can always choose to turn my attention away from that. We are the storytellers in our own lives, and that is a very powerful thing. Anytime you notice on the only race you'd, rin, you'd win would be the, from the couch to the fridge, okay, I can choose to stew on this. I can choose to continue to hurt myself with this, or I can choose to think about something else. Like, race me to the mailbox. You win, great. Now you've won another race. Create a different story. Create a different story that is always within our power. Do not let your past rob you from your present. Do not let your past rob you from your future. You are in control of that. Now it is no longer about them and what they said, and it is about you doing this to yourself and you placing meaning on it. And the other piece of it, and you've probably gotten this vibe from me, if not in general, but certainly from, from this response to this particular question, have a sense of humor with yourself. That does not mean that it doesn't hurt. It does not mean that it wasn't wrong, but it was when you were a kid. You know, so if you're going to continue to think about it, maybe we can travel a little bit lighter 
you know? And certainly that doesn't apply to everything. Like no need to email me about some traumatic thing that happened and you're not going to have a sense of humor about it. This is a general statement about things people say and releasing the power in it so that you don't continue to hurt yourself with the memory. You know, I can think back to wearing Kelly Green spandex and being 100 pounds overweight in high school. Like, I can look at that and laugh now, even though very hurtful things were said to me then. But that was like a lot of years ago. And God, you couldn't pay me money to get out on that court in front of all of my peers now in Kelly Green spandex. Like, this girl won't wear Kelly Green spandex. I'll wear pink pants, but I won't wear Kelly Green spandex because nobody should wear Kelly Green spandex. Like, it's just not a good color, especially when you're sweating. If you haven't heard of swamp ass, Google it. You'll understand why nobody should wear Kelly Green spandex. But honestly, like... People say things that are hurtful, but we then get to decide what we do with it. And right now, your decision has been allow your attention to rest there, continue to place meaning on it, and you also have the decision to let it go. Leave the past in the past. You are making the decision to continue carrying it, and you do not have to make that decision. And for more tools on that, Chasing Cupcakes is a great one because I talk about travel light. I talk about not carrying your past with you and carrying those burdens with you. That is always a choice you can make. What a great lesson for those kids that she coaches and teaches too. Yeah, for sure. Like you now have an opportunity to be a different kind of voice for them. But at the same time, know that because words are so subjective, you might say something from a really loving, encouraging place that somebody takes as something negative. And it just goes to show that we need to have stock in ourselves, you know? And if all of, of the stock of me is given out to what everybody else says, then I have no stability. Because this individual, I'm sure she's a great, loving, supportive coach and PE teacher, and with great intentions, we can still say something that somebody takes in a hurtful way. That is always going to be the case, which is why we have to put less stock in other people's opinions of us and more stock in our opinions of us. And even if you have a low opinion of yourself, know that it is not a fixed state and you can change it in any moment. Love that. Yeah. Little, little pep talk for yeah. the day. <laughs> All right. You mentioned moving carbs to the end of the day, except for post-workout. My regular routine consists of getting up at 5.30 a.m. and doing strengthening for about 30 minutes. And then at lunchtime, I get out for about a 30 or 40-minute walk. But when school starts, all of this will happen by 7 a.m. I'm sorry. It's continuing on here. What do you recommend post-workout that early in the day? I would usually do a protein powder shake with almond milk fat-free Greek yogurt, and a banana, but I'm trying to get off the protein powder for the cost reasons, plus she wants whole foods. Okay, so let's first clarify that I am not saying we must have carbs post-workout, okay? Not that at all. Listen to episode 195 for more on this. Um, if your goal is fat loss, one of the great strategies for that goal is to not have sugar and starch early in the day and save your starch for the end of the day. I refer to this as the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, and you can hear more about that in episode 195. The caveat is that another time of day where your body is more receptive to carbohydrate is going to be post-workout because your muscles are looking for additional fuel. So if you want to have carbohydrates post-workout, even if your workout is in the morning, you can try that and see if it works for you because your body is less sensitive to those carbs after a morning workout than if you were just eating carbs in the morning not having worked out. But I want to be clear, I am not recommending that you eat carbs post-workout. For me, I recover just fine after a workout not having carbs. And I find that to be true for most people unless they are highly competitive athletes or they are um, very tolerant to carbohydrates. So 
honestly, my breakfast recommendation does not change whether you work out in the morning or not. You can go to primalpotential.com, search breakfast. There'll be all sorts of meal ideas and podcasts and blogs and different things on that topic. Um, If you feel like you do not recover from your workout without carbohydrates, but when you do have carbohydrates post-workout, you recover in an optimal way, then have a piece of fruit. Um, have some sweet potato, anything like that is totally fine, but that's not the case for most people. Um, especially if we're talking about 30 minutes of strength training and then a walk, uh, for most people, most people, a walk is not exercise, it's movement and we are made to move. So we don't have to treat that like a workout we need to recover from even if we're walking briskly. Um, So breakfast recommendations really don't change here unless you are somebody who feels that you only recover well from your workout with carbs, in which case a piece of fruit, a half a cup of sweet potato is totally fine. And episode 195 is a little bit, a little bit more on that. We got a winner. We do. We've got a winner. This person left a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. We love that. We read them all. We're super, super grateful for them all. And you get a chance to win when you do that. Today's winner goes by the screen name LauraCats67 on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. LauraCats, K-A-T-Z, 67 on Apple Podcasts, email Sarah at primalpotential.com and you will get a $20 Fabletics gift card. I encourage all of you guys to enter to win. And I encourage you guys, if you're curious about the 12 Weeks to Transformation, that process, uh, what it looks like, what you can expect, make sure you are on the wait list for it. Time is flying by, which means registration will be opening up so soon for our fall session. You can go right to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash six four zero. Sorry, I like forgot where we were. Primalpotential.com forward slash six four zero. Or you can always go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. All right, Sarah, what fun stuff do you have going on this weekend? I have a niece visiting, so oh. yeah, I'll be hanging with her, um, and then just doing some work. Yeah. Yeah. Got some events and stuff coming up. What about you? I would really love to create order out of disorder in this house. Oh. I don't know how possible it is, but that is a priority for me this weekend. I've got a client friend visiting, but I think she leaves on Saturday, so she'll be here for a little bit on Saturday, and... Um, I just want to feel less nutso when I walk into the house. Yeah, I can understand that. It's insane, isn't it? It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. It's bonkers. But hey, every day, another step forward, you know? That's right. All right, everybody. We would love to give you a special giveaway next Saturday on our episode. So make sure that you either leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes. That came up several times today as a good resource. Um, Leave a review of that on Amazon or share on Facebook or Instagram an episode that you've loved or something that you're learning and we will have another winner to announce next Saturday. Everybody have a really great day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.